know when somebody comes up here to the pulpit, you have to stop talking. <laughs> but you can fellowship after, you know. Now you have to click on the listening mode, you know. We're glad to see you this morning, and I'm glad you're here, and I, I pray that you have a good day, and uh, it's really fun to see. It's really interesting <laughs> to watch people come in, and, and the, about the fourth row back fills up. And then, and then people come down in the front. And really, this is, these are the best seats here in front. They really are. Because you can hear everybody singing behind you so you don't have to sing as loud, you know. <laughs> I just want to remind you that if you want to know, if you're here for the first time and you're a visitor, there's a way you can connect with the things that happen here at the church. And it's, it's, uh, it's called Connect. 904-441-6900. That's the phone number you can put in your phone and connect what's going on here. And if you want to know what other activities are on, you can connect to news, the same number, and you can find out what's going on. And so do that if you'd like to do that. And then uh, Vacation Bible School is starting on June 5th through the 9th. And, uh, and if you have some children in your home, that are that fifth grade or younger, they can go, but you can't. <laughs> Unless you want to volunteer. And if you've ever had an experience, you need to volunteer. Last year I went over in the C, uh, CBC, CBC, uh, the Christian Life Center and, and uh, they were having a program and it was, it was really rocking. And uh, the kids were having so much fun. And a couple of our ladies, that are here, one of them, has, uh, was helping. And she said, I'm wore out. She said, <laughs> but uh, the children have a lot of fun. And that's why we're building this new building out in back. That's exciting, really exciting. And so the, there's a children's dedication on May 21st. And so if you uh, know some children in your family that are five years or younger, uh, contact the office or you can go to AnastasiaKids.com and you can register them, register them to be dedicated. And this is really important if you do that. And I just want to remind you that there's only a few days left that you can buy chocolate for our pastor. <laughs> and uh, he's been gone for a while ministering in some of our other churches. And so he's back now, and he's taking count on how many people are giving to this <laughs> truck. I'm, I'm really kidding. He's not doing that. But Pastor Walter really loves chocolate. So if you have some good chocolate from Switzerland or someplace like that, drop it off, and he'll be happy about that. There's a, there's a women's ministry going to happen, uh, what they call kick off your shoes. And uh, it's not happening this morning, so ladies, keep your shoes on. But uh, if you come to that, you're going to need to have a pair of shoes that you're going to give to them, and they're going to take it to Betty Griffin and the St. Gerard's house for people that don't have shoes. So if you have some shoes you don't need, come and bring them and uh, let them have it, and they'll take them to these uh, ministries because there's always somebody that needs a pair of shoes. And then also... Uh, if you want to understand a little bit more about our website, I think the, yeah, that's on the screen. You can take out your phones and put it up to this thing on the screen, and you can register in, and then you can 
contact us and find out what's going on. So I'll give you maybe a minute to take your phones out and do that. Then after that, put them away. Because Pastor Walder doesn't need any more competition from the congregation. So anyway, we're glad that you're here. We hope that the service will be a blessing. And I know that this message this morning is going to be a blessing to you. And I rejoice in that. Good morning, church. Let's stand. We'll sing How Great Is Our God.
Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, you are a great God. You are greater than we could ever comprehend, greater than we can understand. Lord, you are greater in majesty. You are greater in purpose. You are greater in love and compassion and mercy and forgiveness. And Lord, uh, as we come, Lord, we're coming to offer our praises. And there's no way our praises could match how great you are. But Lord, would you receive them? Lord, would you receive them, Lord, and, and let them be a reflection of our heart toward you? Lord, I pray you'd magnify our gratitude. Lord, uh, Lord I pray that you would take the words that are spoken in, in both in the message and in the songs, Lord, and in the prayers and, and whatever interactions happen, Lord, for your glory. Lord, that we would see and feel and recognize your presence. And Lord, that we would not leave this place unchanged. And Lord, we give this time of worship to you in your powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The depths of the earth are in his hand, and the mountain peaks are his, Psalm 95.4. Please stand as we sing, I sing the mighty power of God. I sing. 
raised in the present. well with my soul.
Amen. Y'all sound terrific. Has anybody noticed we have this great big building going up out there? They are going to be pouring the second floor of the Family Life Center this week. And uh, on Thursday, they're shooting me already, and it's not even 3 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> but um, So if you all pray for me, because they will be pouring early in the morning on the site. Um, but we just want to thank you all for your generosity in helping to make this building possible. And if you haven't had an opportunity to contribute, we'd just like you to partner with us to, to make these things happen. We're doing this for the children and for the community and not for, the, not for us. And it's all in the name of Christ. And so with that, I would just like to pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house and worship. Father, we thank you for all of those who make, who make these Sundays happen regularly, Father. Father... We just thank you for those who give of their time and their, their tithes and their talents, Father. And we just ask that as we take this offering that you would just bless it for your kingdom. Father, we just ask that you would be with Pastor Walter as he comes to bring the word today. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. I hadn't been in this room in a while. I need to introduce myself. No. Anyway, it's good to be back. I've been at the um, other locations. We're doing this round-robin preaching series called Building the Family because we're not just building buildings. We're partnering with God in building families. And that building is just going to be a tool that we can reach families and help families to disciple their kids. But uh, I've been blessed to be able to uh, be the last several weeks at Anastasia Church, Anastasia 16 Church, and then the week after that at Anastasia Church in Espanol. And then last week at Anastasia Church Elkton. But I tell you, what, it's good to be back here because this is my church home. This is where I am. And it's good to be back with you fine people here. And, uh, you know, what I've, uh, what's just been um, affirmed in my heart is it doesn't matter where you worship at the Anastasia Church family uh, this is a group of compassionate people that love the Lord and love this community and want people to know the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. And so very gracious for that. And uh, anyway, we're, I, we're just getting into the Bible here. Uh, turn to Genesis chapter 12. We're in this series called Building the Family, and you've heard several weeks about different ways of building the family. I want to talk to us about building it sacred. We need to build our families sacred. And I'm coming from the call of Abram. Abram was called by the Lord to make some changes, some very powerful, significant changes that affected his whole family and affected the world. And so I invite you to stand with me in honor of God's word. As I read from Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1. This is what the word of God says. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord told him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 
And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and all the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these words. And Lord, uh, we see how you impacted the world by impacting Abram's family. And Lord, I know you're still working and you're still active. And we know that by impacting our families, Lord, you are still working to impact this world for you. And Lord, I pray that it happens in your precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I just want to unpack these verses here and talk about how it's important for us to build our families as, as sacred institutions. And and as I go through it, I'll go to verse one here. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go. The Lord spoke to Abram. The Lord spoke to Abram and he said, you need to go. Now, Abram means exalted father. Abram wasn't a father yet. Okay. He didn't have any kids at this time, but God knew what the future would hold. God knew Abram's future. God knew Abram's purpose. And when God spoke, he gave a direction. He said, you need to go. And you know, let me tell you something about the direction that God told him to move into. It was the right direction. It was the right direction because God knew Abram's future and God knew Abram's purpose. So whenever God gives a direction, he's going to give the best direction for Abram and for his family. So, So Abram moved. And when he moved, it wasn't just him. It was everybody. Did you see that all the people that moved, all the people that were there with them, all the possessions that they had, everything moved when Abram moved. Everybody pulled up stakes. And that's how families are. Families move together. Okay. Not just physically. We move emotionally. We move spiritually. When one person makes a change in their spiritual life, it affects everybody. We move together. It's like that old saying, when mama's happy, everybody's happy. And when mama's not happy, Nobody's happy, okay? The whole household moves together. Well, God has a mission for us, and uh, it's a sacred mission. And the Lord has put us in our families for a purpose, okay? Now, now your family may be a traditional family, a mom and dad and kids at home, or, or it may be a blended family or an extended family, or maybe there's no children at home like it is in our our, our household now. It might be with children, without children. It might be that you're the only one in the household, but you have these extended relationships that become your family or, or de facto family. Families take on many forms, and it's not the form that's important. That's not what's important. What's important is that the Lord wants to use you in those very close relationships purposefully, strategically to bring this world closer to God whatever relationships you're in. And just like God spoke to Abram, God is still speaking. God is still speaking. So this is the point. First point I want to make. First thing, if you want to write in your sermon notes is this. 
Listen for God's sacred mission for my family. God still speaks. Listen for God's sacred mission for my family. It was December of 1997. In December of 1997, I received a telephone call from Ron Moore. I was serving as a church planter in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And he asked me, he said, would I consider moving to Florida and serving at a church called Anastasia? Remember, this was Edmonton, Alberta in December. (laughs) That same week, (laughs) I received a call from people at the Canadian Convention of Southern Baptists. They said, would I consider not moving? but taking on a role serving churches in British Columbia and Alberta and Saskatchewan. Well, that was a big decision. You know, Lord, what do you want me to do? And my wife and I together, we prayed about it. It was a hard decision because we're going to move closer to where family is here in Florida. We're going to stay closer to where friends are in in Alberta and people we'd, we'd worked with for many years. But together we made that decision to move to Florida because the decision affected everybody. I wasn't just going to move and the family stay in Canada. When, when one person in the family moves, we all move. It affects everybody. You know, I, I believe that God speaks to everyone in the family. Now, strategically, he's put together families in structure. And you look in the Bible, Ephesians 5, you find structure there. You find that, that there's this, this uh, order that God has put so that families don't go in hundreds of different directions and just sort of uh, disintegrate. But uh, let me tell you, I believe that God speaks to every member of a family. God can speak to every member of a family and he doesn't just speak to the head of the household, okay? If you're the head of the household, you say, you gotta do what I'm saying because I'm the head of the household. You know, really, God speaks to every person in the household and every head of household would be very wise to listen to see what God is saying to every person in the household Um, because God has a sacred mission for your family. So I just want to ask you this. How does the Lord want you to move together as family? Whatever that family is purposefully. How does God want you to move together strategically? How does God want you to move together intentionally? Okay. And it could be as simple as my family, that group I'm with, uh, we serve together once a month greeting at the door at the church, or maybe we take on a project together, or it might be that we're going to be intentionally a lighthouse in our neighborhood for the gospel of Jesus Christ. What, but God has a sacred purpose for your family. I've known families that have moved because they felt God calling them to start churches. You know, there's a, there's, there's a sacred purpose for your family. And I want us to all have that understanding that the Lord can and will use your family together for his glory if you'll only let him. And the only way you'll know is if you listen for God's mission. So what is that sacred mission God is sharing for your family? Listen to what God is saying. I move on in this passage, and in verse 2 it says this, And I will make of you a great nation. I think this is fascinating. God said to Abram, one person, he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Now, there's this progression that's here. How is God going to take an individual person and make that person uh, into a nation? And here's what he did. God took a person, Abraham, who influenced a family and built a strong family, and that family joined together to build a nation. And that's how he did that. And God used Abraham to build a family and a family to build a nation. And as the family goes, so goes the nation. 
And that truth is still active today. As families go, so go the nations. The Lord builds strong nations upon the power of strong families. And weak families cause nations to be weakened. God builds sacred nations on the foundation of sacred families. Um, I was having a conversation one Friday a couple weeks ago at the local Publix grocery store. And uh, the store wasn't quite open yet. I go early in the morning. and wasn't quite open. I'm waiting out there, and I met this fellow. And I don't, don't know his name, but we just started talking, having pleasantries. And then he started talking about the state of our nation. That was the first thing on his mind, about how things were going in this nation and, and that, that nothing was going the way that it should go. And as he was talking, he was using language that I can't share here at the pulpit. Um, but yes, our nation faces many problems. But the source of many of the problems that we deal with nationally, crime, poverty, moral values, they will not change unless we address them in the home. They will not change. An election will not change these things. This has to happen in the home. A nation in turmoil is a reflection of families in crisis. Do you think there's an urgency in dealing with the problems on a national level? Then I think there should be an urgency in responding to God at a family level. That's how these things change. I believe we need to respond with urgency and priority what God is telling us in our home. So that's my next point. Not only do I need to listen for God's mission, I need to respond with priority and urgency to God's call for my family. The most important thing that I can do is to encourage my children, encourage my wife, encourage everyone in my family to, to in their walk with Christ. The, the, the most important voice they need to hear is not my voice, but the voice of God. The most important words that need to influence them are not my words, but the word of God. So where does God rank in our families? Is it higher or lower than Disney? Or, or soccer? Or school? Where does God rank on that? I think, I think the highest priority needs to be the Lord. The only way things change is if we put a priority in the Lord. So I want to challenge you with this. What can I do today before the sun goes down, before I go to bed? What, what can I do today to insert God's word in the context of the people I live with? What can I do today to have that, that Christ-centered conversation in my home and the people that I, that I do life with? What decision can we make today that we're going to put Jesus at the forefront of that decision and, and seek his will? What, what can we as a family do to respond with urgency and priority to God speaking? Because God is speaking. He has a mission. And what are we going to do? How long, how long can we wait you know, your kids are at home only a few years, and then they're gone. And then your influence wanes, but your influence doesn't go away. You can still influence them. It's, it's grandma and grandpa. 
But you know, what, what is that influence? What is the urgency there? And then in verse two, God says, I'll make of you a great nation. Then he says, and I'll bless you and make your name great. I love this. That's what God wants to do for you and your family. He wants to bless your family. See, God has a sacred purpose for your family, but not only does he have a sacred purpose, he wants to pour out sacred blessings on your whole home. He wants your home to be blessed. Lord, bless this home. He says, I'll bless you and I'll make your name great. You know what that is? That's legacy. That's legacy. Lord wants to bless you. God did not create any people for the purpose of consigning them to hell. God did not create a single purpose so that he could punish them. That's not his purpose. The Bible says very clearly, God wants all people to be redeemed. God's purpose is that, that people, are, people would, would be restored to him. Uh, we know that, that there are people lost. There are people that don't know. They're, they're not reconciled to God. But God wants everybody to be able to receive the blessings because we were all created to be in fellowship with him. We're all created in the image of God. And God wants to pour out his blessings on you and everybody around you. But are you in a position to receive those blessings? Are the people in your family in a position to receive those blessings. You know, we often don't receive or recognize the blessings of God because we're not in a position to receive them. So the next point is this. I want to position myself and those within my family to receive God's blessings. And I'm not just saying that we just want to have good times. I'm, I'm speaking eternally. You know, there, there's birth and there's death. And we experience health and we experience sickness and we experience poverty and abundance. But you realize the blessings of God can stay constant. He can show us those blessings in the middle of the good times and the bad times. See, those things are not, the blessings of God are not dependent on our circumstances. And so, but if I'm going through a good time, I want to be blessed by God. But if I'm going through a bad time, I really need those blessings. And I want to position myself to receive all that God wants to pour out into my life and my heart. And so Jesus can show us those blessings in the middle of all that, and he can show them to your, to your family members. So am I watching out for my brother or my sister or my spouse or my children, my parents or my friends? Am I aiding them or hurting them from receiving the blessings of the Lord? I, I'm, I'm the second child of four, okay? I have an older brother and myself and then a younger sister and a younger brother. And as I, the second child, I never could beat my older brother up. He was always bigger, stronger, that sort of thing. But I knew how to punch his buttons. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I knew, I knew how to annoy him. Kevin, if you're watching, just sorry. <clears throat> uh, but you know, that's what younger brothers do. You know, that, that's how you sort of, sort of keep the balance power going. So I know, I knew how to punch his buttons and and, you know, if I were putting him into a position of being annoyed or, uh, or angry, am I helping him to receive the blessings of God? No. Now, that's as kids. Well, adults do it too. I've seen it. But anyway, that's a whole nother sermon. But the question is this. Uh, am I really my brother's keeper? I remember that time in the Bible where, where uh, God talked to Cain. He said, Cain, uh, I hadn't seen your brother in a round, round in a while. Where's your brother? And Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? 
Well, the answer is yes, you are. <laughs> we have a responsibility for the people around us. We want them to receive the blessings of the Lord, not just go through life neutral. We want them to be blessed. And so I'm responsible for helping people receive the blessings of God. So what step can I take to help me receive and the people around me receive the blessings of God? How can I position myself and those within my family to receive God's blessings? And you know, that, that means following the word of God. That means uh, living in obedience because when we're in disobedience, that's when we're outside that zone of blessing. We want to be in obedience. We want to be receiving the blessings. I look at verses two again and then going into three, he says, I'm going to bless you and make your name great for a purpose. Whenever you see so that in the Bible, that means a purpose is following up. So he says, so that you will be a blessing. He said, I'll bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I'll curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The Lord has a plan for our families and that's so that we can bless other families. He has this plan, okay? When we build the family on a sacred foundation, we're building it sacred with sacred building blocks, you're gonna find that, that not only are you gonna be blessed, that blessing is gonna, gonna overflow into people around you. And we have that holy purpose and that urgency that God calls us to have. And God will bless your family, but he'll use your family to bless others powerfully. So I wanna prepare myself and my family to be a blessing from God. I, I wanna be prepared that when God wants to use me, I can be used by God. If I have a sacred family, a family I'm building sacred, you know, uh, you might've been here for Youth Weekend several weeks ago or several, two months ago where we had a young man come up here and give his testimony, Samuel Kelly. And Samuel gave his testimony and he said, you know, I, 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 I lived in a home where the parents weren't, weren't the greatest and, they, uh, and, uh, and he ended up having to go to foster care. Well, there came a point where, where dad said, I don't want to be your dad any longer and gave up his rights. And you remember him sharing that story. And uh, you know what? That would have been the worst tragedy I could ever think of, except for a family in this congregation, Todd and Kathy Kelly, they have a sacred mission for their family that they want to open up their home to kids that don't have parents and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he, he got into that family and they adopted him. And he's part of that family. Why? Because they were prepared. They knew God wanted to use them and they made preparation for God to use them. How are you being prepared for God to use you in power? We have, you know, maybe you can't take in foster kids, but we have this ministry called Call to Care. And uh, this ministry helps support those uh, foster parents. And, and sometimes they have needs that happen just in the middle of the night. Or God might be calling you to do something together, but you got to prepare for it. We need to be conduits of God's blessing. I don't believe he, he's blessing us just to receive blessing. He blesses us so we can be a blessing. That's the biblical model. I'm gonna move on here to verse seven and eight. It said, the Lord appeared to Abram and he said, to your offspring, I'll give this land. And so what did Abram do? Abram built an altar. He started worshiping. That's what he did next. He built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. This is verse 11. And then not only did Abram build an altar, he built two altars. He built one near Shechem when he came into the land. And then he went into the hill country and he built, built one near Bethel and Ai. He built another one there. He was, he was just worshiping the Lord. And that was part of, his, part of his, uh, his habit, his pattern. And as families, we need to seek, worship, and trust the Lord together. That's my next point. Seek, 
worship and trust the Lord together. We need to worship together. Worship in the home is primary to sacred homes. Having that time where we can open up a, a verse of scripture. I'm not saying a whole worship service, but I'm saying we need, to, we need to open up the word of God with the people that we do life with, the people in our home, and share the truth of Jesus Christ and encourage each other. Because you know what? Before there was worship in churches, and before there was worship in synagogues, and before there was worship in the temple, and before there was worship in the tabernacle, they were worshiping in the homes. And when the tabernacle came, it wasn't to replace the worship in the home. And when the synagogue came, it wasn't to replace the worship in the home or the temple or the church. That should be happening on. This is something to add on. When we come here to worship as the body of Jesus Christ, this is something that is, that is uh, additional to what we do in the home. Where in the Bible does it say, now that you got a church building, you don't have to worship in your house anymore? Where in the Bible does it say that? I don't see that, okay? Now, my wife and I, um, we, we, having, having devotions together, that's all, that's always been a struggle for us because I'm a morning person and my wife is not. And my wife says that there are two kinds of people. There are morning people and there are people who hate morning people. And so, you know, she's not a morning person, but I'm not an evening person. After supper, I can be grumpy. So, you know, and so for us having that time to worship the Lord, it has always been kind of a struggle. Uh, but you know what? We've had our devotions, but we tend to do them uh, separately. But Friday nights were where our family came together. That's how we worked that out. And Friday nights, we'd, we'd make that a priority. And that was our family worship night. We'd gather around the piano. We'd sing a couple of hymns. And we'd, sing, we'd read a passage from the Bible and one of the kids would read from the Bible and we'd ask questions and we'd pray and we'd eat pizza. And we had our time of worship together. It doesn't have to be huge or complicated. But we have to seek and worship and trust the Lord together. We need to take that journey together. You're going to build your home on a sacred ground. I know some of you, you feel awkward and embarrassed to talk about spiritual things with the people that see you most closely. But let me just encourage you. You should be worshiping together and, and have those struggles together. And God will honor that and use that. And then in verse 9, it says, And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Abram journeyed on. He, he didn't stop. He kept trusting God. He didn't stop there uh, in that promised land area because it wasn't time yet to receive the promised land. The Canaanites were in the land still. That's what the passage says. And so he journeyed on and went to the Negev. Now, the Negev was the desert area. That's the desert area to the south uh, of, of where Jerusalem is. And so he kept moving to the desert area because it wasn't until centuries later that his family would actually receive the blessing of the promised land. It wasn't until centuries and centuries and centuries later that Abram's family would be a blessing to all the families of the earth when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, came to earth. But all through that time, God was faithful. And God knew the future. And Abram trusted that. So Abram journeyed on. God loves you. He has a sacred journey for you to receive his blessings. The challenge I have, would you take the journey? I don't, I'm, I'm not saying, man, 
you need to make sure you have the most perfect family worship time and mission statement and all that stuff by next Sunday. I'm not saying that. You may already have that in place. But whatever the step of faith is for you, would you be willing to take the journey? Would you be willing to say, hey, uh, husband or hey, wife, let's just hold our hands. We don't, we don't have the great vocabulary of faith, but can we make a commitment to try to do something for the Lord? to take a step of being better or with your kids saying, can I, can I put my kids to bed and maybe just try reading a Bible story? What, what can I do? Can I have that mealtime prayer that maybe has not been, been that, um, uh, that frequent? Can we make that a, a pattern of our life? Can we, can we find a time to have like a simple time of worshiping the Lord, even just for a short period of time, once a week, what, what it is? Or can we serve the Lord together? I don't know what it is. But would you take the journey? Would you take a step? Because not only will God be glorified, you will be blessed and your family will be blessed. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. And Lord, um, as in any congregation, Lord, we're at various levels and in various life situations. And Lord, we know that that there are steps that all of us can take in dedicating our home to being that holy place for your worship and your service and to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Lord, help us to dedicate our homes to you. Lord, help us dedicate our kids to you, our grandkids to you. Lord, help us to encourage each other and listen to each other as you speak to us, Lord. And Lord, I pray like Abram's family that through us, the Anastasia Church family, all the nations, all the families of the area would be blessed. And Lord, it starts in our homes. Lord, we give you our homes. Make them holy. Make them sacred. Lord, make them a sanctuary. And Lord, as we surrender them to you, pour out your blessings on us, please. In your name of Jesus, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Would you stand with me, please? If God's calling you to respond, to be a member of the church or for baptism, or you want to pray for someone in your family, the altar's open. You're welcome to come or come here for prayer. Whatever God is saying, you come.
Church, as we depart, receive your blessing from God. Uh, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Have a good afternoon. Amen.